Hello and welcome to another episode of This Week in Goldmaking, presented by Darkshore Capital. My name is Andrew, and I'm here to take you through this week in goldmaking. June 28th, 2021. Let's get right into it. All right, so first things first, we're going to go over what I've been doing over the past week, what I'm planning to do over the next week, and what are the things that are blocking me from getting the job done of making gold. So, the Burning Crusade has been uh, the focus of my WoW playing over the past week, because it should come to no surprise to regular viewers. Limited supply recipes in the Burning Crusade and classic World of Warcraft are, and have always been, a fantastic way to make a little bit of extra gold. The uh, uh, you know limited supply patterns that certain vendors sell, uh, you just buy them up when you see them and sell them on the auction house to people who don't want to take the time to make the journey and the camp required in order to acquire them. I uh, actually specifically leveled a particular character to do this. Uh, we'll probably get more into that at a later date. So another thing in the Burning Crusade, taking advantage of Taylor and cooldowns, I've been making sure to get my spell cloth, shadow cloth, and primal moon cloth cooldowns done. Interesting that those are a four-day cooldown. I always thought that was just a little odd. I've been doing a little bit of moat of fire farming at maximum level. I did hit maximum level in the Burning Crusade. Then, of course, uh, finishing off all the quests that I can uh, to get the extra gold. Uh, if you don't know, when you do quests at maximum level, the experience you would have gotten is converted into gold as a reward. Over the next week, obviously there's some big stuff happening over the next week, probably by the time you're listening to this. I'm going to be working on unloading all of the legendary materials that I acquired over the past couple months. I did actually take a look uh, on retail for the first time today in a little while, and indeed, all the materials that I had bought up with the intent of crafting a bunch of legendaries have skyrocketed in price. We're probably going to be just taking advantage of the price increase on the materials themselves as opposed to trying to craft legendaries and mass. I just simply didn't acquire enough raw materials at a lower enough price to really justify going into it. So we're just going to take our win there and look for some, some greener pastures. Probably just more BOE flipping, to be honest, because that's a tried and true method. Uh, blockers, there's too many darn people farming moats in the Burning Crusade, which isn't so much a negative in my opinion, actually. It's, it's actually really cool to just see so many people playing uh, a game that's 15 years old. All right, uh, we're gonna get on to the token update. So interestingly enough, at least from last week's price, tokens have gone down maybe 5K on the US side, about 10K on the EU side. Um, I wouldn't say that's a terribly significant uh, level of change, but it seems like it is trending down over the past week. And then uh, for those of you looking at the slide, there's the prices for ATVI over the past week. Looks like they closed at $92.29 on Friday night. All right, so let's just go over a few pieces of news. Obviously, the big news is 9.1 is being released on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, depending on your region. I have a link to the patch notes that'll be in the slides and in the description on wherever you're listening and or watching. Cosmetic glasses are finally actually available for transmog in this patch. Pretty cool, something that's been asked for a long time. I don't think there will be any gold-making implications to this beyond some new swag for your bank tune. Another more interesting uh, piece gold-making-wise is the Cataclysm Time Walking Vendor will be selling unobtainable classic profession recipes in patch 9.1. This, I did look at the list, and there's nothing too significant on this list. It's actually, there's like a, a potion thing, um, some leatherworking stuff, 
And yeah, these are recipes from vanilla World of Warcraft. They're going to be available uh, when time walking for Cataclysm comes up. Not quite sure the logic on that one, but I guess there is no vanilla time walking, so they had to put it somewhere. It shouldn't be a huge impact on any of those particular items, uh, whether or not you had the BOE recipe or were actively crafting those pieces for transmog. Uh, just simply not enough to make a huge impact on your operation. But just know that, you know, some of those recipes are not going to be worth anything uh, very soon. Uh, and then, of course, as I mentioned earlier, uh, legendary materials are up in price quite a bit. So take that information for what it is. It shouldn't come as any surprise to anyone who has been plugged into the gold making community as of late. Uh, TSM 4.11. Still haven't had a chance to look at it yet. I definitely will. Uh, probably this week because I will be doing some retail gold making. And yeah, I've had TSM Premium for a few years now, so I will have access to it and we'll check it out and give my thoughts once I've had a chance to mess around with it a little bit. Um, and then lastly, this isn't really news, but needed to put it somewhere. I just wanted to mention, if you haven't heard of it before, the Auction House podcast is a fantastic gold making podcast, which you should definitely check out. Uh, I can't say anything more than that, but you'll definitely want to be listening to the next episode that comes out. Okay, so for the main topic this week, I wanted to talk about gold boosting. This is something that I had been mentioning a little bit uh, from time to time over the past couple of months, and I kind of said that I wanted to, you know, put get get some time with it, gather my thoughts before I really like made any kind of conclusions. The time has come, and this is that time when we're gonna just go over it a little bit. So. In my opinion, there's kind of two sort of buckets that you can group in the gold boosting into. There's the PvE content, so this is Mythic Plus and Raids. And then there's the PvP content, which is, of course, Arenas, 2v2, 3v3, and Raided Battlegrounds. In general, I'm of the opinion that the PvE content boosting is good. It's okay. In general, I think that the PvP content boosting, not so good. We'll get into that a little bit more, but first I want to talk about the PvE content boosting. So, you know, obviously you can make some arguments that by being able to effectively buy mounts like the Keystone Master mount or uh, the, you know, the, the final boss mount, if there is one for Mythic Raiding, devalues those items and those mounts for the players who actually quote-unquote earned them. Now, I'm of the opinion that if you did buy all that gold, well... <laughs> You could buy all that gold with tokens, or you could earn all that gold and use it to buy those those special mounts and special cosmetics. And you've still, in a way, earned it by putting in the time to make the gold. So while it's not, you know, a direct representation of what that mount is, you know, there's still effort that goes into it. So I, I see where that argument's coming from. And A of all, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, personally, you know, I, I went out and did all the plus 15 keys I needed to get my Mythic Plus uh, Keystone mount. I'm very proud of it. I know that I put in the work and earned it, and I'm, and to, ultimately, to me, that's all that really matters. The prestige of it, I don't think anyone really cares about that too much these days anyway, uh, given that just how, well, not easy it is to acquire them, but just, you know, they're sort of ubiquitous. It's not like the, the Zulian Tiger or the, the Raptor from back in the day where it was like an extremely rare thing. But even those, right, that was just, you got lucky. It wasn't some test of skill. So I don't have a problem with it either way. Um, I think it also offers players a compelling and interesting way 
to continue to quote unquote play the game. Right? So when Blizzard designs World of Warcraft, their I assume primary focus is on the endgame content because you know Mythic Plus rating and probably in third PvP are sort of like the main focuses of the game these days. And, you know, as if the developers are putting the effort in to make these end game pieces of content the main thing in the game, they're going to want you to play it. So if there's a way where you can earn some gold uh, to, you know, give you some extra motivation to do these aspects of the game, and then you can provide a service where you, you know, provide like a premium version of running this content for people, I see that as a good thing because in my experience, my personal experience, which granted is not super extensive, but I feel like I've gotten a decent amount, decent uh, feel for it. The quality of players that I've played with doing the boosts have been certainly above the kinds of players that you get just by using the group finder. And that includes the people paying for the boosts in most cases. I can think of at least two examples where the people we were boosting in these runs, in these Mythic Plus runs, were, you know, just other boosters, other people perfectly capable of doing this content who were just like, hey, I've got a new alt. I want to get some Mythic Plus done so I can get some gear pretty easily. And I just want, like, no nonsense. People who are going to do it professionally, get it done, and I'll help out and I'll do, you know, all the mechanics right and, like, participate. But, yeah, it's... It's been an overall very positive experience. So, in my opinion, I think that the PvE content boosting is overall a good thing for the game. Now, the PvP content. Um, we can't really talk about it without acknowledging the fact that it's having a direct adverse effect on other players in the game, right? If you're, you and your buddy are queuing up for some twos and you get matched against um, a booster and a boostee, that's a pretty crummy situation for you guys because there's one player who's going to be clearly better. They've you know manipulated the system and the MMR rating to, to get down to their level, and they're just going to clearly stop you because their knowledge of the game, because they've played 10,000 hours of it, is going to way overshadow your just you know casual interest in wanting to you know check out this other part of the game. I would agree. That's not great. Now, um, is there a place for paying gold? for help with PvP? I think that there is, the answer there is yes. And I think that it falls under the category of coaching. I'm not gonna claim to have a perfect solution to this because the issue still remains that you're gonna have, pro like if somebody's gonna actually play with you and like kind of coach you through it, they're still gonna be playing and, you know, being at their level because, you know, they're not gonna like play bad just to, I don't know, have some moral thing that they're going to follow. Maybe maybe the the way coaching could work is that, you know, you and your teammates can can pay some gold to a gladiator and have them um, you know, watch your Discord stream and sort of like coach you like, you know, like the 21st man in in mythic rating or you know, like like a literal coach in any sport where they're, you know, sort of calling the shots, giving you real-time feedback. I think something like that would be a perfectly acceptable and honestly a very good thing for the game because you are still executing and learning. Like there's a latency. They can't just give you exact instructions on how to play every single scenario and have you execute them to the level that they would play at. You're going to still have to do the learning. So in my opinion, if there was a, a proper way to do PVP content boosting, it would be paying for coaching and having that coach not directly play with you, but instead coach you like a coach, either by a Discord stream or 
you know, whatever makes sense to, so that they can, you know, give you advice and help you improve fast without uh, adversely affecting the other player's experience in the game. So that's my overall thoughts on gold boosting. I am not sure if I will continue doing it on the next patch. It'll probably likely depend on how much time and effort I put into gearing my characters as having adequate gear and um, rate IO score. Although, well, we'll see if they start using the, the mythic, built-in Mythic Plus score or not if they continue to use Raider IO. I imagine Raider IO is not going to go anywhere. People will still use it. But yeah, it's going to really depend on uh, if I have the time to get my characters up to snuff. So we'll see. Uh, again, I, I think PvE content's great. PvE content boosting is great. And if you can do it, I see no reason why you shouldn't. It's, uh, it's a good way to make some extra gold. All right, so next thing we're going to talk about is some Burning Crusade stuff. So something I didn't even realize until I got in and actually started playing, I think I alluded to this a few times, is the shuffle is back. Uh, and not that it ever really went away. You know, there's always going to be some kind of... Uh, material shuffle available in world of warcraft uh whether or not the margins are good enough to warrant doing it is a whole other story uh so if you don't know what a shuffle is it's basically taking some resource usually some kind of raw resource or cloth etc crafting it into something and then taking that craft and doing something else with it Uh, whether it be just straight up vendoring it or in our our case here uh, using enchanting to disenchant it Uh, the classic or not a classic but a uh a good example of a shuffle was in Mists of Pandaria. If you had a jewel crafter and an enchanter, you could take ores, uh, prospect them, use the gems you prospected, turn them into rings, and then use those rings, like some of the rings and some of the gems you would sell, and then others you would disenchant. So it was like kind of like a multi-stage branching algorithm to figure out what the best uh, shuffle was there. And that was really cool. I thought that was great. That was actually right around the time I first really got interested in gold making. That was one of the first things I did was the the ghost iron ore shuffle. Uh, so yeah, I'm actually really excited that there's these relatively simple shuffles available, but uh, kind of going through and discovering the best way to do them has been very interesting to me. So the two that I'm kind of focused on at the moment are based on rune cloth and netherweave cloth. Uh, rune cloth, I believe the best, most efficient manner of uh, shuffling is to craft the rune cloth into rune cloth belts and then disenchant the rune cloth belts. You will wind up with dream dust and lesser eternal essences, both of which sell for a pretty good chunk of gold. Definitely a profit if you can get rune cloth cheap enough. You can certainly set up Trade School Master to give you all the details on that to make sure that you're not uh, losing money. Uh, you will get some small brilliant shards, which are kind of worthless. Um, you can try to sell them. They will sell eventually, but... They're, uh, <laughs> despite being very rare, they are not very exciting to get. And then, more interestingly enough, the Netherweave cloth, I was doing some research today, and I believe the pants are actually the optimal thing that you want to craft, as opposed to the bracers. So, you obviously get more dust per disenchant by getting the pants, just because it's like a bigger item. And, interestingly enough, you have a chance at getting large prismatic shards. And at least according to TSM, it's actually up to a 3% chance to get the large prismatic shards. And those are the real moneymaker because those are actually useful. Netherweave bracers and belts, uh, which cost the same um, materials, will only disenchant a small brilliant, or sorry, small prismatic shards, which are, while not valueless, they are, you know, nothing compared to the large prismatic shards. So I think for that reason, actually, um, if you have access to enough netherweave cloth, I think that making the pants is better in the long run. 
Uh, yeah, so again, this shuffle has been a, a primary, just like steady source of gold income. Um, I always scan the auction house for rune cloth under around five silver per, and then netherweave cloth, my price target is like 15 silver and under at the moment, though that is seems to be going down as netherweave cloth is losing value as we progress. And I've also got some uh, minions, shall we say, who uh, send me all their extra cloth that they don't need uh, to help supplement all of that as well. And uh, yeah, we just kind of process it through and get those enchanting materials back up, make all our gold back, and pay for everyone's mounts. It's a, it's a wonderful little ecosystem. So yeah, hopefully that inspires you to maybe try out the Enchanting Tailing Shuffle if those are the professions you have, or you could look for some other ones. Um, I believe this would work with blacksmithing and leatherworking as well, their respective items that disenchant. Um, or, you know, with the advent of jewel crafting in the Burning Crusade, I'm sure there's some opportunities to do some prospecting for gems and uh, make some profit there as well. All right, so we actually do have quite a few moves on the bullish bearish screen today. Uh, I've made sure to call out legendary Shadowlands legendary materials as well as raid consumables, uh, given that the new patch is coming. The mythic raids won't be released, I believe, for two weeks. So we have, I think, one week of no raids, then heroic releases, and then mythic. I could be wrong about that. Maybe heroic releases tomorrow. I'm not sure. Either way, you definitely want to wait until Mythic Week to really pump out the raid consumables if you want to get the most value out of your raid consumables if you've been holding on to them. Um, I also wanted to mention uh, Mage Weave Cloth in the Burning Crusade is... I should probably check it again, but last time I checked, it was actually more valuable per individual cloth than Nether Weave which is pretty wild. So there's plenty of great, super easy Mage Weave Cloth farms that you can do, especially if you're anywhere near level 70. So if you uh, want some, some nice gold, maybe look into the Mage Weave. And people still need it because you still got to level up tailoring all the way from scratch, and you still have to level up first aid all the way from scratch. Uh, one last thing I wanted to mention on the bearish column actually is primals and moats in the burning crusade and specifically in reference to flipping them. So I've been watching, uh, primals and moats in addition to the, uh, tailoring cloths, like the, the special cooldown cloths pretty closely. And something I've noticed is there's very little opportunity for being able to flip these on the auction house alone. They are almost always posted at or around market price. There's very little volatility when it comes to their pricing. I imagine this is because these items are just in such high demand that uh, anytime somebody would make a mistake or wants to get a quick sale, it'll get snapped up just like that. So unless you literally just stand in front of the auction house rescanning all day long, which I would not recommend doing, I don't think that looking into flipping primals and moats is going to be worthwhile. Now, there's always the argument that you could look for moats that you could craft into primals and potentially make some gold. Honestly, I think you'll make more money just going out and farming them yourself. Um, I just don't see a whole lot of money to be made from flipping, specifically flipping from the auction house primals and moats in the Burning Crusade. Cool, so just a couple questions here this week. Uh, number one, are there any useful ways slash resources that can determine whether or not a given profession is in demand on a server? So I'm going to answer this one with reference to retail World of Warcraft and specifically in reference to alchemy and cooking. So the recommendation I have is to check out wowprogress.com or I guess Radar.io works as well now. 
because they will give you analytics on how many guilds are raiding on any given server. And the more guilds are raiding on a server, the more demand there will be for consumables for raiding. So if you're on Area 52 or Stormrage or Illidan, these are all very high population servers with high profile guilds on them. Uh, that naturally attracts other raiding guilds because you know all the player best players kind of gravitate towards the same servers. And yeah, there's always gonna be demands for those items on those servers. So there will definitely be a way to make money using alchemy and cooking on the high population servers. I'll uh, leave a link to WoW Progress Realm list in uh, the description in case you wanna check that out. All right, then another question. Uh, when is the next hedge fund video coming? Uh, yeah, so I do apologize. The retail World of Warcraft hedge fund project has kind of been on the back burner. As I alluded to earlier, we probably won't be doing too much legendary crafting uh, come the next patch because I just haven't gotten the infrastructure set up for it. But we do have a lot of materials for it, so going to be looking to record some segments for that over the next week with the new patch and hopefully get a video out uh, sometime in the next week or two. So we'll get an update there and uh, hopefully discuss a little bit further uh, plans on that going forward. All right, we're going to wrap it up there. So I want to thank everyone so much for watching and listening. Again, my name is Andrew here working for Dark Shore Capital. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, anything you'd like to talk about gold making related, feel free to reach out to me in the YouTube comments. On Twitter, handle is at DarkShoreCap. You can send me an email, darkshorecapital at gmail.com. Thanks everyone so very much. We'll see you next week. Happy gold making.